Yo, what's good? Words with Friends podcast is back. I go by the name of Jabari. And for those that don't know, I have a special announcement for all of you internets. You can support the Words with Friends podcast on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jabari. And you can give a tip. If you're getting knowledge from this, if you like it, if this starts off your week right, then you can send a dollar tip so we can keep the podcast going. We can keep having amazing guests on it. And we can keep the knowledge flowing. Go to patreon.com slash Jabari and you can give a dollar tip to the Words with Friends podcast. We do four a month. So that is as little as four bucks a month, which is cheaper than a sandwich, which is cheaper than a coffee, mm. which is cheaper than, I don't know, a breath of fresh air in some places. Two metro rides. Yeah, two metro rides if you're in New York, man. Um, but with that being said, without further ado... I have the lovely Jasmine Solano here. Woo! We gotta, we gotta pretend like you know we got an audience. Uh, audience, the audience right here is just this painting on the wall. The audience is like, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's up? You are in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, man, I love it here. Yeah, I see you here a lot. I see you here more than I see you in New York. Well, that's because you live here now. Yeah. yeah. And we make a point to see each other because it's. I'm in town. You know? Yeah, yeah. But LA, uh, as soon as I touch down in LA, my brain just kind of opens up. Mm-hmm. I kind of, the stress goes away a little bit, and um, I still get the same amount of work done. I'm just a little happier because the sun is shining yeah, and yeah. the weather's good. And I think I'm a little bit uh, m- more of a hippie nature person than, than most people. So. It affects me greatly. Yeah, yeah. So let these people know, uh, for those that don't, let them know what you do. What is your profession? What do you like to spend your time uh, earning a living doing? Right. So uh, I'm a DJ, artist, producer of certain kinds. Um, and now I've turned into like my own booking agency. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want to um, talk about that a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm one half of Electric Punani, which I run with Mellowex. So we're actually on tour right now, which is why we're in LA. And um, what else What else do I do? I, I'm a, I would say that I'm like a world traveling music culture enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like, um, I like that you are not limited to just, you know, being a DJ or just being an artist or mm-hmm. you know and you didn't even mention you also host the MTV Iggy yes I have an MTV World mini series out called Scratch the Surface mm-hmm. uh, with MTV Iggy and you gotta go watch that yes <laughs> yes I like it I watched the first one Wait, I forget what country Singapore Singapore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the woman is world renowned folks travels yeah. all around the globe Thank doing you. amazing things um Let's start with, uh, you know, what got you into music? What did you, what did you, you know, you grew up in Philly mm-hmm. and uh, heavy musical scene there, mm-hmm. definitely. Was it your parents or was it just your environment? I think there were two parts to me getting into music. The first was my, my mom, mm-hmm. uh, who strictly raised me on classic soul. Uh, was singing James Brown on my little Fisher Price by age five. Mm. She, I mean, like, classic soul is her number one priority in life. <laughs> so Otis Redding, Aretha Franklin, Sam and Dave, Wilson Pickett, these are all in Motown. Like I just 
remember being raised on on all that so I think that was like a, a definitive structuring to my musical taste mm. and then when I got in you know into my teens like 14 15 I started to really become like a backpacker um, a DJ turntablist fan mm-hmm. and also in Philly at that time the neo soul movement was really strong yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this is like the early 2000s flow tree flow tree music soul child yeah, Jill yeah. Scott the roots so I was always going to the TLA or the electric factory seeing shows when I was underage um, and I was also like sneaking into a lot of the clubs underage like Egypt on the waterfront when it was still there now did your parents allow this because (laughs) no okay I had to sneak a lot of the music stuff because uh you know my mom was so big on education which Mm -hmm. rightfully so but I personally just wanted to do nothing but like music and tennis that was really everything Mm -hmm. um so after school I used to I was really cool with the band teacher um, I never played in band, but he would let me use the band room after school, and I would okay. get my friend who was a drummer and my friend who was a beatboxer, and we would just jam for a couple hours and just come up with like medleys, and then we would go perform those at open mics. Mm. Um, and I was also on in like the break dancing club and like a hip hop dance squad, and um, I just like lived and breathed music so heavy and I was doing a lot of hip hop activism at like 16, 17 years old and um yeah, so I think those, those I think those things. two phases in my life set the tone. Started off early. I, that reminds me of myself too. I, I was in high school and I was uh you put on events like little hip hop activist events. <laughs> nah, nah, I mean I, I really me I was I was uh I was rapping at first. Ah! Yeah, was, See, I uh, knew you were going to rap, really. You were like, check, check. One, um, two. Man, uh, though, for those that know, it's still out there. It's still living on the internet, and it's terrible. But, uh, <laughs> but I, as soon as I figured out I wasn't a rapper, uh-huh. then I was like a hype man turned manager. Mm. And so I was like managing artists in my school and uh, <laughs> at, at like, you know, 14, 15. <laughs> and uh, shout out to DJ Steph Floss from Ohio. Yeah. He, uh, Love he, Steph Loss. So, funny story with Steph. I used to, like, carry his crates, uh-huh. like, into the clubs in Columbus. He was a student at Ohio State. Uh-huh. And I was in, in high school there. I had moved from New York. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was just, like, following him around everywhere, sneaking into, like, shows that he would be DJing with Jewels and, like, Mike Jones oh and all God. these people. Little and I would J-B-Z, try to, like, yeah, sneak Steph-Easy. my artists in there. <laughs> and, man, this is, I, I literally had to carry all of Steph's crates. Like, he so had heavy. so many People don't records. recognize it was how cr- heavy. It's so heavy. It was, yeah, vinyl is heavy. And, mm-hmm. it, and he would have, like, he would have, like, five, six things packed in his, like, wow. little truck. And I would just go down there with my, with my busted Plymouth Acclaim to wherever he was at. And my mom just was like, you know, I would tell her that, yeah, I'm with Steph Lost. She was like, who is that? And like, she just, she just it was kind of cool with it. But I, I think that she knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. So she was like, at least, like, he's working a right. job and he's doing this. He's not like getting in trouble in the streets. So yeah. I'm fine with it. So, I mean, I think that when you have the support of your parents and family, mm-hmm. that helps a lot. Did you have that support from, uh, from you know, your, your, your sort of like, family home structure not for the stuff that you're sneaking into obviously right right I think I did you know um when I was in fourth grade I performed shoop I was nine I remember getting my friends together I'm like 
like Danielle, you're gonna rap this, Marcus, you're gonna rap the guys part. And we got in front of our grade school, which uh, Carnell Elementary School, which was first through eighth grade, mm-hmm. which I don't know why in hell that goes on, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I was always walking by like elementary. teenagers that were smoking cigarettes, and I'm like five years old, you know? yeah. Um, but I, rem- I remember being on that stage, you know, and I remember my mom supporting that and always supporting like me performing and always, always kind of knowing that I had this little performer bug. Um, and then throughout my life, you know, my mom was always and my dad uh, always been like, you gotta, you gotta go for it. Mm-hmm. You gotta go for what you love. You gotta be a good person. Those were like the two big things. Yeah. And my dad, who is. Um, one of the most interesting people that I've ever met and I look up to pretty highly, he's got um, a, a generosity and a work ethic that's pretty unmatched. Mm. So it's interesting because I, I, I feel his uh, intensity, like his intense spirit in everything I do. I think, I think, you know, you know me by now. I think people that really sit down and we have like serious talks. They're like, whoa, you're like, you're kind of deep with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. In a good way, though. In a good like way. Like, whenever we talk, it's, I leave with something. It's not yeah, like, me I'm too. just like, what is this girl talking about? You, you make know? me feel less crazy because, <laughs> yeah, like, no. we both are pretty, pretty much workaholics, yeah, um, yeah. pretty driven, but we stay on the side of integrity. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because it's like, if you were just a raging asshole, I feel like you would just soar. Cause you won't give you won't give a shit but then <laughs> yeah. but then but then your life would be empty and who knows what kind of karma would come back to you yeah yeah so, yeah for um, sure i think yeah. yeah you see you see that i mean there's a do you watch that hbo show silicon valley i one? haven't seen it yet i heard it was really good so the second episode they talk about don't give too much away yeah well i'll just okay. say there's a there's a there's a theme that like the guy is saying to the the, the tech startup founder like you need to be an asshole like you Mm -hmm. have to be an asshole to succeed right and it's like i i i get where that comes from but i don't think you have to be an asshole to succeed Mm -hmm. i really think that to succeed you know you can be an asshole and and because there's within success there's like there's a level of like having to essentially shed your feelings from situations right Mm -hmm. and like you know you have to like be okay with cutting somebody off or be mm. okay with, you know, like being like, well, this person that I hired didn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. And like, even though this may be my friend or this, you know, this person yeah, it's is not like, personal it's business. exactly. You mm-hmm. know, you have to, you have to, you have to understand that exactly what you just said. It's not mm-hmm. personal, it's business. But at the same time, there's ways to do things and not be a dick about it, I think. And, right. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think that how I'm going about business and doing things, I, I just think that when... I think we're living in a new time mm-hmm. when, like, you know, you you can be a successful company that, like, cares. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or you can be a successful entity that, you know, cares about the consumer or cares about your employees and, mm-hmm. like, everybody... It's not all about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, you know, is, 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 a, is a factor. And obviously, that's, like, how any business flourishes. Mm-hmm. You need to, like, profit. You need to you know, be growing and things like that. But I think that this time that we're in right now is like, you know, you can care about people and make money at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think, 
I think for people like us that run our own business and our business is our brand, which is ourselves, yeah. it gets a little trickier because you have to be able to sell yourself and be yourself yeah. at the same time. And um, I don't think that that is for everyone. I think that it's easier to sell yourself when you're always just being yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, whereas in today's age, it's easy to create an image or a byproduct of what, you know, you want yourself to be. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Do you ever feel like, you know, you are... I, you know, when when do you turn off? When do you turn it off? Or, like, do you ever feel like you're selling yourself too much? Because, like we said, you know, mm -hmm. you're you're a DJ. You you have to get these gigs. You have to, you know, market yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to be on Instagram. You have to be on Twitter. You have to be booking right. all of these things. Yeah. Like, do you, do you, does it ever feel, like, overwhelming for you? It feels overwhelming because I am the manager, the booking agent, mm -hmm. the accountant, the artist, the marketing department. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I am everything. everything. Yeah. Um, and that, so the workload feels overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But I have no problem talking about what I think, you know, and what I like. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm, I'm pretty proud of who I've become, you know. Um, and it, it's not easy to take an unconventional path when you, you know, are young. Um, yeah, yeah. and you know, there are levels that I still want to reach, of course, but I think from what I've seen just in different people who have either chosen an unconventional path or not, I'm pretty proud that I've decided to go ham, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I don't want to be 50 and be like, damn, in my twenties, like I, I should have, I kind of wanted to but I didn't, you know, I yeah. think that is like my biggest fear. Um, so I actually, you know, I don't, I, I'm okay with selling myself because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proud of what I'm selling. Like if I, if I wasn't, it'd be a whole different story, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's real. It's something that. It, yeah, you yeah. know, it's me. I'm obsessed with this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know. So, okay. So, you know, when you were, I guess, what, what was it like, mm -hmm. you know, when you were, like, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to, you know, not go after a real job. Like, what, did you ever have a plan B, a fallback plan, mm -hmm. you know, to from being an artist, a DJ, all this mm -hmm. stuff? So when I was in college, which was Emerson College in Boston, mm -hmm. um, started DJing on the radio when I was 17. Yep. By my final year, they gave me my own show. Uh, they're like, because I'm like, listen, I DJed hip-hop for three years. I'm like, if y'all want me to do like a funk, soul, R&B, slow jam show, mm -hmm. please let me know because that's kind of what I want to do. And they gave me my own show, and it really blew up. I won a couple awards for it and whatever. Um, now, when I moved to New York after college, I actually worked at a small production company mm -hmm. for two years. And that's where it was just me and, like, the boss. And so he, what was the name of this company? Uh, Trigger Happy. Okay. I don't know if you remember. But so we... Um, I've learned so much because it was just me and him and he's like, you do this, just do it, you know? Yeah. And I basically learned how to run a company, how a production company works. Um, I was able to pretty much train under the VP of videos who had done like Biggie's videos in the 90s. So I learned how to produce music videos and um, I started to produce a couple. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was uh, Vashti's CRS video. You know, oh, yeah. The little mm -hmm. Kanye, little friend. With the kids? Yeah, with the kids, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. which was so much fun and... 
Uh, but what was happening was I was working from like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., coming home, taking a nap, going out, you know, DJing, DJing or yeah. just hosting or just out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, after two years, I'm like, wow, what if I put all the energy that I put into this company, into my brand? Like, what would happen? And as soon as I made that decision, like, within three months, I was on a national tour with Ninja Sonic. I got booked for all the MySpace shows in the summertime. Um, you know, things just started to happen. And, and since then, I've kind of never looked back. Yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, what, what do you think was your sort of biggest accomplishment to date, you know, uh, uh, or, or something <clears throat> that, yeah, you're, you're most proud of? Because you've done a lot. I think my MTV Iggy shows. Mm. I think Scratch the Surface is my most favorite body of work because it... It's also one of the most recent. And a lot of times yeah. with creative people, mm-hmm. it's like the most recent thing is what you're sort of like well, focused no, on I, and most proud of. There's like other moments, but um, like even some moments back in, in Sway, mm-hmm. in the parties at Sway, I remember looking up at an electric Panani party and just every single person out of their mind just wild so hype and like I remember just feeling like I was like levitating you know there are definitely moments but this MTV show is just it just explains everything about me it Mm -hmm. explains my like my traveling bug um my anthropology bug like the fact that I DJ around the world some of the artists that I'm really into and mm-hmm. I love finding out like why artists are how they are mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um, it just combines all of that and, and I feel like it's the best showcase of, of who I am yeah I think um, you know I, I love the travel aspect of it too and I love that your job allows you to I mean it's like you, it's like traveling comes with the, the territory mm-hmm. you know so like what what are some of the things that you learn on your travels? Well, it's funny because before I was DJing and traveling, I did um, a semester at sea mm. program. You know, remember that? Yeah, they did a real world. On yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. So for a, for like four months. Hold on, that thing was not like I thought that was real world. Like that was <laughs> no, no, no. So that's that a, was a program. That's a program that's been going on oh. for like thirty years. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, see, no, you, see, you see what television does? I know. Just... I mean, not many people know about it, but... Um, so, for four months, we lived on a ship. Okay. And we traveled to, like, ten different countries around the world. Wow. And you take classes on the ship while you're sailing to the next country. So, this was while you were in college, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like an abroad program? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're just getting... Just... Getting more bang for your buck. Yes, because I, yeah. I included it in the gen eds yeah. and all this other stuff. So... Um, Man, I was doing all kinds of crazy shit. I was learning feng shui like heavy in college. I was wow. going to get like a certificate in feng shui. Anyway, sorry, you made me think of that. So, uh, and you know, what you learned on the ship, you learned about each country heavy before you got there, mm. which is like the best way to travel. Yeah, so you're not yeah. an ignorant person coming in there. We oh, learned yeah. about like the government, the history, the food, the, you know, everything. And one of the main things I studied was, like, music and culture in each country. Mm. And so I would, like, go to the the local record shop or local whatever and get all the music and come back and make a whole, like, report on it. And um, I was, like, 19 or 20 years old, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, traveling and understanding people and music has always been, like, 
one of the major things in my life that fascinates me. Yeah. So I guess the transition into doing that while DJing just kind of came naturally. Yeah. What were some of the favorite places that you have been? In life? Yeah, in life, yeah. Well, I would say Indonesia is the first and foremost because my dad is from there. Okay. So the first time I went there, we just met like 50 people that were like family. <laughs> like they just were at the airport, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one, one of my, um, she's kind of like a cousin slash aunt or whatever, but she took a 17-hour bus to get to see us. And it was like, she was probably in her 70s or something. Wow. And it was like, ain't nothing. Yeah. You know? um, and Bali. Bali is a magical place. You know, th- you're like the third or fourth person that has told me about Bali over the past few months. Like, yeah. I gotta go there. Yeah. Yeah. What's so good about it? The land. Yeah. Um, The land, the, the history and the people, you know? Mm. Like, the land is just... The, just exquisite the way Hawaii is mm-hmm. you know it's just it's like that southeast pacific uh vibe so mm-hmm. even like areas in the philippines hawaii um thailand like it's just fiji you know it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just a magical part of the world yeah. but um i also really like tokyo and stockholm and mm-hmm. berlin was a trip yeah 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 my uh my producer on my next film is a uh, he just came back from Berlin. He was mm-hmm. telling me about it. So, yeah, so many places to go. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. Um, <laughs> it's just like, sometimes I just want to, like, spin a globe and be like, here. But, I mean, you don't really need you this should. anymore. You, well, you can just pull up Google Maps and have to actually spin a globe. Um, Trip advisors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, okay, so, you know, you're out here and you're on this Electric Punani tour. And, you know, when I first came in, you're getting your details for your photo shoot tomorrow in order. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, you just doing everything and, and booking this Electric Punani tour and just, like, handling everything yourself. How do you sort of manage this, you know? Because a lot of people, like, you know, we're talking about, it is overwhelming, but you have to push through it. You have to get it done. Mm-hmm. How How do you... How are you, the manager, the booking agent, all of this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure so many people are looking at you and they think that there's a big team behind you and, mm-hmm. you know, how is she doing all of this and all of that stuff. But when it, when you really hear about the real deal, nitty gritty, what's going on, it's mm-hmm. like, this is all Jasmine, so. Yeah. Um, you know, managing myself came out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a manager for a long time and then when uh, we weren't working together anymore, I had to manage myself. And managing myself taught me a lot about myself you know Mm -hmm. um it pulled a lot out of me that I didn't recognize I could necessarily do I've always had um a background in like business and um operational management and I enjoy that stuff a lot Mm -hmm. but um when you add your own desire behind that like you're doing it for you yeah because you want it that bad whoa like that just turned into a crazy formula um and you know i produced uh those those three episodes actually like with the help of a senior producer at mtv but you know like i hired the the videographers in each country and you know like i produced the shows i'm like this is the narratives you know um and then i i booked and produced electric panani's world tour last year which was 
28 days. So like the sponsorship, working with nine promoters around the world, uh, the travel agent, booking agent, uh, the budget mm. handler. Um, yeah, it's funny what 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 will come out of uh, doing things out of necessity. You know, but like you said, you know, it's out of necessity. It's like you have to. That that's how I started like editing films, right? Like mm. when I was in college, I I was just waiting on my boy to. I was like, yo, man, all right, we got to shoot this interview. Okay, you edit it, you get it back to me, and it would be like, you know, at first it was fast and. Then it would turn into like a week. Mm -hmm. And then it'd be like, I need to get the interview right up right when I did it. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got to learn this. I got to go and, you know, illegally download this book <laughs> on Final Cut and like go to the, I was in the, 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 the school library printing out this, this like illegally downloaded 300 page book. Oh. I printed a 300 page book on how to like use Final Cut. And people were looking at me like I was crazy in the library, just waiting for 300 pages to print. Like... It was nuts, but... Yeah, uh, I hope you use that double-sided feature. Nah, I don't think I did. I think I just, just let that joint run one side. Um, Killing, like, ten yeah, shoes at oh, one man, time. Yeah, oh, man, I know. It's all I know. good. Man. Uh, but, yeah, it was, like, you know, out of necessity that... that, that and now so many things in my career are like that. Just mm -hmm. out of necessity, you have to do it on your own, you know. But I, my friend Ben from, uh, from Splash was saying that, you know, if you want things done fast... Uh, he said this on a lot on a, on a previous podcast. He was like, "If you want things done fast, you do it alone. But if you want to scale and you want to do things big, then you have to have a team." Absolutely, I'm not opposed to a team at all. Mm -hmm. um, has to be the right team. It just has to be the right team. Yeah. And if I can get it done, and I can get it done well, yeah. you got to bring something to the table. Yeah, because, yeah. Because yeah. like, you got to be better than me. You got to mm -hmm. have more connections. You know. And um, I'm looking forward to that to that team, you yeah. know. Um, and I do have a couple of people that help me out with certain things, and like they're incredible, you know. Um, but again, I think I think I have a weird thing going on where like half of my brain is loves business and always thought I would run a company, and then there's the other brain that you know wants to like choreograph and write songs and mm. like produce mixes and. Um, it's like hard trying to balance, you know, both sides. Yeah. Do you ever, uh, I guess, what what do you do to sort of like, you know, stay creative and just stay in a zone of, you know, that you're, there's so many things that, that you have to sort of, you know, you have to make sure your tour artwork looks good. Mm -hmm. Everything like, you know, do you, do you have any sort of exercises or things that you do to sort of remain in a creative state? And not get in like a funk. I think, I think um, well, there's two things with that. I think being like kind of OCD, mm -hmm. I'm not like technically OCD, but yeah. I think I'm OCD. Yeah. I, you know, I'm so OCD with aesthetics. I'm yeah, so yeah, affected yeah. by like aesthetics. Like, mm -hmm. again, that's even part of like feng shui, what I used to study feng shui. Like if a room is not set up in the most zen way, mm -hmm. if the artwork isn't like done like super pro and original I just mm -hmm. get like start twitching you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's in my blood for some reason yeah. so that helps me stay on point with you know creative work mm -hmm. uh, now my own creativity like writing um, producing stuff like that like I'm I'm starting to learn that like I need to be in the sun yeah, come on, man. You know, uh, I've been trying to get you out here. Just come on. Like New York, I could just, I'll just be 
you know, in front of that computer for 14 hours making yeah, shit yeah, happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even look outside. Mm -hmm. um, again, nature is a big thing for me. It relaxes me. And when you're relaxed, you can be pretty creative. I know that a lot of amazing art comes out of struggle and pain, and, and I get that. But I also think the brain works well when you are happy and relaxed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's this there's this uh, TED talk with this kid. I forget. It's like this little kid, uh -huh. and he's talking about um. Oh man, I'll put it in the you gotta show send notes. It to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but he's he's talking about uh like essentially what people need to. It's I don't know if it's to be creative or to live or whatever. But he just makes all these points. Really smart young kid and mm -hmm. um has amazing parents who just kind of. I think I think he might be homeschooled, and uh, they kind of just let his creativity run free and just really, you know, don't limit this kid. And anyway, mm -hmm. uh, he was one of the things. Is, is he just, from Brooklyn? Because I had a crazy conversation with like a nine year old. No, no, he's time. not from. He's, okay. No, he's not from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> Still trying but, to find this kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, one of the one of the like pillars of of this sort of like view that he has is uh is to is how humans need to really just be in nature, and that's a huge aspect that I think we're losing with being on the computer all day, having all this tech on us all day, and just like these Wi-Fi signals just all around us. Mm -hmm. It's like we forget to go out into nature and, you know, be in the elements and in the sun and in the, you know, in the woods and all mm -hmm. this type of stuff. I mean, it's that's a huge, like, when you think about it just from a level of we're essentially visiting this planet, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we have a few years here, mm -hmm. we're visiting it, and really what we need to be doing is ensuring that it is able to live on for, like, the next generation. Well, right? first of all, kudos for, for having that type of mindset because I agree, but a lot of people haven't even gotten to that thought yet. You know, yeah. it's a very, like, me, I-centric world especially mm -hmm. now with technology so well but then again like there's there's huge movements into into the preservation of of energy and yeah, you know, yeah. like and and recycling and, and things that will allow all the shit that we that we conjure up to be useful and yeah, not and yeah. not be waste and yeah i mean Damn, I mean, we could get into this. I mean, I, I think, I, and I, so I think that mm -hmm. the technology should enhance that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, a lot of times I talk on the podcast about, you know, technology should enhance, you know, life. But it's literally all aspects of life. It shouldn't, it shouldn't take away from, like, it should be able to enhance this need for nature that we have. You mm. know what I mean? And I think that, like... It may with, like, a little hologram. <laughs> It'll be like, you press a button, you're like, I want to be in Hawaii. And then, like, the fucking, uh, uh, you know, the rays come up around you. And you yeah, and you I mean, but even <laughs> so, so for, like, let's say, like, on a basic level, like, yeah. something like, you know, an Instagram photo, right? Somebody you follow that you really, you know, are, you, you look up to, you trust or whatever. But you see that person in nature, you know what I mean? And now it's like, it's like, if I go to the woods and I have some sort of, like... Mind you, I'm not even a big, like, woods guy or anything mm. like that. But if I just go and I travel and if I share that experience with somebody, mm -hmm. then it it now has a, it's, it, it has, like, a, an ability to be outside of just me and my experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of what I think of when, when I'm sharing things and when I'm, like, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a big reason why I don't ever post anything negative. 
So mm, like, I mm-hmm. won't, I won't share anything. Like, I won't say I don't like something right. on social media or like. Because it just spreads that. Yeah, because energy. like, why? Why yeah. say that? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather only talk about things that are positive, that you know can because the, these are these are like vibrations that are going out Yo, into the world i mean listen you talking to a major hippie right now you know, so yeah, I, didn't yeah. know, I didn't even know that you like you know um thought about things like this yeah yeah, I'm, yeah 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 dog yeah like i yep yeah, i'm right there with you it's real i mean i just think that you know so it's like something something as simple as you know travel it's like you know if you can if you can get other people to want to step outside their comfort zone just yeah, through you know for and, sure. and it's like 10 years ago, we weren't able to do that. We weren't able to, like, you know, share what we were, the with positive everybody. things that we were mm-hmm. doing with everybody and have that influence somebody else in a positive manner. So right. it's like, I think that, though, people forget that, that you, you know, you have that potential and ability. Right. People just think, oh, this is funny. Let me just share this. It's like somebody, like, a fight compilation on World Star or something. World Let Star. me share this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like... Think about that, man. Think about the, mm-hmm. the 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 vibes that you're putting out by yeah. sharing like other people like getting beat up or like somebody being made fun of or you know mm. just I just challenge people to really think about that stuff when they do share it because right. it's just so much bigger than like your entertainment and like you having a laugh right there. It's like mm-hmm. that vibe is just being sent out and you know I mean yeah I could go on and on. I, I agree with you. I just I just tend to think that like you know. Um, I feel like I've just always been on the side of like a nerdy hippie that's into like holistic stuff mm-hmm. and like what's good for like your heart and your and your body and your soul and um and I think it's it's nice to hear like you who you're not, you know, like living in a tree and stuff yeah, talking right. about this and you're inside the entertainment world and do have a lot of influence and are talking about things that should be topics of conversation a lot. And uh, is is refreshing to hear. Yeah, I'll, we'll see. Maybe we can make a little bit of change somewhere. <laughs> you want to make a tree hut? Could be like J and J's tree yeah. hut. There we go. There we go. We'll <laughs> go and get some good vibrations. I mean, um, I, I joke all the time about like I joke all the time about opening some hut in like a an island. Yeah, a place of refuge. Hey. I could see it. I could see it. You DJing Playing right Playing a little bit of Jamaican music. Yeah, being like, where's my coconut? Go give me the coconut from the tree. Um, um, yeah. So, so where are you looking to take it now? You know, what are, what are you looking to to do uh, in in this year? You know, I mean, I, I see a very bright future for you, but hmm. I want to know where you are. I appreciate that because you told me that when we did our first interview, which was in 2010. Yeah, man. Years ago, maybe. I think it was. 2010? I yeah, think yeah, it was yeah, 2000. Yeah. I think it was 2010. Yeah, it probably, yep, it was 2010. Yeah? Yeah, that's like a year after I got out of school. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's kind of scary. It feels like yesterday. You know, Electric Punani is taking off. Yeah, Um, I see. Which I will be there. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, (laughs) you'll either have missed it or you'll have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we actually just got booked for a Glastonbury Festival in in London. Congrats. So, uh, you know, we got London coming up, we got Jamaica coming up, we got a Canada tour, and we got Barbados coming up. Wow. And that's all this summer. Wow. So, um, the faith that I've always had in, you know, me and Mello's, like, siblingness, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just our artist chemistry, and what we, we, he's a, he's a super hippie, he's mm-hmm. vegan, you know, um, 
so I, I always felt like we brought this positive vibe together and also like truly talented musicians coming together mm-hmm. and our love of dance hall and reggae, but also like the weird stuff that comes in between and around it and just global unity. And, and you know, um, I've always had a lot of faith in, in, in Electric Panani and what it kind of stands for. And now to see it take off in its own right is, um, you know, it's really interesting. So. Yeah. Electric Panani world touring and, you know, more producing of my, my travels and, and my, you know, thoughts on music and culture. And, you know, I'm always working on, on some type of musical thing and, um, and I want to continue that. You know? And you will. Yes. Um, let these people know. Jazzy, where they can find you mm-hmm. on the interwebs, the internet. Did we just have like a super hippie conversation? I'm like, a, I think we did. Cause I'm like. Did we? Uh, yeah, yeah. All it's good. all good. It's all gravy. <laughs> yeah. um, there's no rules to this thing. There's no, there's rules, no rules to it. No yeah. rules at all. Because I'm thinking of like the conversations you've had with like um, other people, and I'm like, damn. I'm like, did I even like really share anything about myself? But I think I did. I know you definitely I did. My heart. You did. You know what I mean? You did. Um, okay, so jasminesolano.com at jasminesolano Twitter, Instagram, and electricpanani.com for me and Melo's crazy adventures around the world. And that's really where you'll find everything. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. Heard it here first. Electric Punani is coming to take over the world. Jasmine Solano is coming to take over the world. Um, She's a busy lady, so she has to get out of here. And uh, by the way, you guys already know, Patreon.com, right? Spend that dollar. Yes. Uh, Go to Patreon.com slash Jabari. And uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying the conversations with these amazing people that I know and, and have the, the utmost respect for, then please give a dollar tip. Um, and yeah, we'll talk soon. And Jasmine will be back on the podcast once she has you know, her next big unveil of whatever she has going on. My yacht. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, but thank you guys so much for listening. And you already know, it's Words with Friends. Peace.